Good evening. Welcome to the house of God tonight on a Sunday evening. It's a good evening. Uh, who's ready to give? Amen. Amen. If you uh, have your tithe and offering tonight, uh, we'll uh, go ahead and get that ready. Ushers can get you an envelope. If you're making out check, you can make it out to KC. If you are doing debit or credit, that can also be done on an envelope. You can text to give. You can text KC Fairmont two seven seven nine seven seven, and um, very very easy. But let's uh, let's pray over our offering, our seed that we're putting in the ground tonight into the kingdom of God. We're so thankful that that God allows us to sow into the kingdom and to you know even the ministries of this house you know um you you can give into other ministries you know there's media there's the the music there's children's uh you know we're getting ready to order tables for our children's uh tables and chairs so uh, if you want to give into that you can give into that but we're super excited that that we have a way to to bless our children bless the ministries bless outreaches and and when we give into the kingdom of god it's always a good investment 100 percent of the time amen because it's not like you you know, you're, you're playing the stock market with this. It's like you, it's the kingdom of God is always a great investment. So it, it's, a, it's a good thing to give into the, the kingdom of God. But let's pray over the seed that we're putting in the ground tonight financially. Father, we thank you so much for your kingdom. Lord, we believe in your kingdom above the world's kingdom. So we thank you, Lord, that you've given us the opportunity to sow. Lord, that, that as we're planting seed in the ground, Father, we declare and establish that the seed that we're planting is coming back into our homes, that we are blessed. We declare our homes blessed. We declare our children blessed, that our children shall never beg for bread because of seed that we're planting in the ground ourselves over our, our children and our grandchildren. We thank you, Father, that seed we plant today uh, bears fruit for generations to come. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you, Father, for your protection. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. We have been going through the word, the authority of the word, for the last, believe it or not, seven weeks. We started around the table, and we went through, uh, in fact, let me, let me just remind you a few of the things that we've gone through. When we were doing around the table, we did the authority of God's word establishing that his word always has final authority, final say. It is established in heaven. Everything else is in existence because of his word. So his word never fails, and it always returns. Whenever it's planted, it returns. So it, it doesn't come back void. We also went over the fact that Jesus is the word. Jesus is the word. So when we read about uh, Jesus and we see his life in action, he is the word of God in action. He's the very word of God in flesh. The word became flesh and dwelt among us, Emmanuel. And we went through on week three, being infused with the word, having the word infused in our life. And when something is infused, it makes a change for the better. And so the word of God is to be infused infused in our life to change, to transform our situations. And then we talked about receiving a rhema word 
And we talked about the rhema word of God, the spoken word of God in our lives for a particular situation. That is uh, the word that we're to stand on. That's the word that he gives us for faith in that particular moment for that situation. And we stand on it and see things come to pass. And then in week five, we talked about are you wrestling or are you resting in the word? Making sure that you find rest in the word. That if you're wrestling, then it hasn't gotten into your heart and penetrated deep enough to where you're, you're believing yet. So it's a resting. Faith rests. And then week six, uh, which was last week, we talked about uh, three points to seek whenever you're reading the word, which was the principles of the kingdom of God, the promises of God, and the prophecies of God. Those three things will impact your life mightily if you search those out for yourself individually. Today, uh, we're going to go through the last one, and then next week, uh, we plan to, if the Lord doesn't change anything, next week, uh, we plan to do around the table at the end of the month. So I know we did summer nights the first uh, night through the summer and the fall, we did the, the first Sunday evening of every month. We had summer nights, and we, we did fellowship. We're switching things around a little bit through the winter. Uh, we're doing around the table one Sunday a month in the evening at the last Sunday of every month. So what we'll be doing is we'll be talking about the, the theme for that month and kind of recapping. Our leaders will be recapping that month's theme at the table and, like, answering any any final questions that you may have over the the theme that that was uh, talked about over that month so next week uh, we'll be doing that but today will be the the final session of of the word that we're talking about tonight and we're going to be talking about the word of God being seed seed and I want you to open your Bibles to uh, the book of Mark Mark 11 And we're going to read, we'll pick up at verse 20. Father, we pray over the word of God tonight. We thank you, Lord, that your word always goes forth like a hammer. It goes forth like water. It goes forth renewing, restoring, refreshing. Uh, breaking any hard part in our life. It gives us faith. It gives us uh, understanding. It gives us restoration, and it renews our minds. So we pray, Father, for all of those things to be in, in uh, process tonight. As we come, we submit ourselves to hear your word and to allow the word to change our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, Mark 11 we're going to pick up at verse 20, but what's going on here was um, Jesus had walked by a fig tree uh, the previous day, and, and he had cursed a fig tree because he went to go get some figs off of it, and the thing wasn't doing what it was supposed to be doing, which was bearing figs. That's what a fig tree is supposed to do, right? Bear figs. And there was nothing on it. It looked good. It had leaves, and it had, you know, it looked like it's alive, but it's not bearing fruit. And so he cursed the fig tree, and he said that no fruit will ever come from you again. And so the next day, they're, they're walking by this fig tree, and that's where we're picking up in verse 20. And it says, now in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. So Jesus answered and said to him, have faith 
of God. I know most translations say in God, but I, I do want to clarify, have faith of God or have the faith from God, the God kind of faith. Because when we read that, if we read it like have faith in God, then we're expecting him to, to do all the work and we're just kind of setting back on, well, yeah, I believe God, you can do it, but it's have the faith of God. You have the faith that, that God has given you to apply to the situation. Have the God kind of faith operating in you. And he says, for assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. What a mighty statement. What a powerful statement. You know, if we really look at that and say, Lord, you really mean that? That anything that I say and believe in my heart and I do not doubt that I say that I shall have that. Not I might have it. I shall have that. That it is mine. I can go ahead and call it done. I can go ahead and say it's accomplished. I can go ahead and say that it's mine. I, I may not see it right now in the, in the tangible. It may not be manifest right at this moment. But spiritually, it's done coming into manifestation. And we really have to grab a hold of that scripture and understand that it's not just a, well, I don't know. I don't know if God heard me. I don't know what's going on. It might happen. It might not. It's not a, I hope so. It's done in Jesus' name because he says, whatever that we believe and do not doubt in our heart. And that's really where I want to stay tonight because a lot of times, and you do hear us preach a lot about what we say, but I want to talk about the heart tonight because this is where sometimes we can miss it. We might be going around saying things, but if we don't believe in our heart, then we're skipping a step. And whatever we believe in our heart will automatically come out of our mouth, right? It's not hard to, for things to come out of our mouth that we believe in our heart. It's like when we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, what happened? You heard the word of God preached, right? It hit you, and you believed in your heart that it was a word that it was for you. And you believed that Jesus Christ died on the cross, took your sins, and that you no, no longer have to, have to depend upon your own flesh. He took all of my sins. There's nothing separating in me anymore. I received the gift of salvation. You believed in your heart, and you what? Confess with your mouth. Everything operates that way. Believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. That's just the beginning step. Salvation's just the beginning. Everything after that operates the same way. Now it's a process of reading the word, finding the principles, the promises, the prophecies, and then believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth. Believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth. That's why when we had the mirror, it's like you're constantly going back to the, to the guidebook. You're going back to the mirror and seeing who am I? What is my future? What is my destiny? What does God say that I am? Who am I in Christ? Okay, this is what his promise is for me. This is what his future is for me. This is what his his principle is in my life. This is how I respond and act in my life. So that's why we've constantly got to go back to the mirror of the Bible and be a, a doer, not just a hearer of the word. Now, I want to go over the, um, what I'm going to have you do tonight is, is we're going to look at two passages, same story, 
but it's documented in Matthew 13 and in, in Luke 8. So I want you to turn to both of those, and, and whether it's put a piece of paper in one, and, and we're going to be flipping back and forth. So Matthew 13 and Luke 8, we're going to be going through the parable of the sower. Matthew 13 and Luke 8. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to read the parable first out of both of those Gospels. Let's start with Matthew 13. Verse 3. Then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on the stony places where they didn't have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among the thorns. And the thorns sprang up and choked them. But the others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now flip over to Luke 8, verse It says, a sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trampled down, and the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on the rock, and as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among the thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. But others fell on the ground and sprang up and yielded a crop a hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he cried, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, we're going to go through this parable and the explanation that Jesus gives in both of these passages because there's little tidbits in both, in both passages that we can pull from. But I want to begin by saying, first of all, we see this parable and we understand that the sower, the sower that, that sows the seed, the seed is the word of God. And we've been talking about the word of God. The seed is the word. The word is the seed. Same thing. The seed is the word. The word is the seed. And it's getting planted in the heart of a man. It's getting planted in your heart. It's getting planted in my heart. Every time we hear the word of God, it's getting planted. Now, this works both ways. Understand that every time you go into the community, every time you listen to the media, every time you're around people, what else is getting sown? seeds, but it's not the necessarily the, the seed of the word of God. It's seed from the enemy, seed from the world. It can be all kinds of seeds that, that's growing, but whenever we have to realize that our heart is one of these types of soil, and we have to make sure that we're looking over and protecting our hearts, protecting the soil of our heart, and this passage is so important so important because this will determine our harvest. This will determine the yield 
In fact, he says, it, it will yield, if it's sown on good soil, 160 or 30 fold. Now, the yielding is not dependent upon the seed sown. If the seed is sown and it's sown in our heart, the seed itself has full potential. The word of God is incorruptible, the Bible says in Galatians, incorruptible. That means it's, it has full power to do what it was sent to do. And the potential inside that seed, it's, it's not dead. It's alive. The word of God is living and it is active. And God's sending it out for a purpose. But what we do with it determines the yield or the harvest. So our heart is very instrumental in what we see the outcome in our life is. So we've got to make sure that our heart is prepared to receive the word of God in our life. Amen? So what kind of harvest do you want to see in your life? Because your harvest is determined by your heart. It's determined by the soil. It's determined by the condition of your heart and what you do with it. Because it's not the seed. If it's the word of God, it's, it's fully potent. It has everything it needs to produce a harvest and to produce fruit in your life. Now, what's interesting is only one of those conditions would bear fruit. Only one, the good soil. And we're going to go through the, each one of them so we can be very aware of what each one is. But when we receive the word of God, I mean, just like what I said, when you receive salvation, you are receiving the word of God into your life. In fact, the, the scripture that I just uh, mentioned, sorry, it wasn't Galatians. I'm sorry. It was First Peter. First Peter uh, 123, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. You were born again by incorruptible seed by the word of God or through the word of God. So the word was preached. It was preached and you, you received it into your heart. You received it into uh, and you believed it and then you confessed it out of your mouth. But every step of the way, baptism of the Holy Spirit, it's the same thing. You heard it and you chose whether or not to believe it and to step into it. The word of, of success or vision that Pastor Brad preached this morning, you hear it and you either receive it and, and bear fruit or, or it's rejected or there's doubt or unbelief or there's belief around it and you step into it and say, I'm going to go for this because the word of God says I can have it. Every word that you hear. See, the word of God is not just all packaged in one lump thing and, and it hits you and, and you just receive it all. It's received in bits and pieces. And so every word that's sown has to be received around every topic and every concept. So you could receive salvation, but a person, they may receive the salvation, like the gift of salvation in Jesus Christ, but they may never receive the benefit of healing because they may reject it and say, well, that's, that's not for me. Or uh, I've done too many things wrong. I can't receive that. Or I don't know that God wants to heal me. Or I think God put this on me to, to uh, make me more compassionate or to teach me. If there, if there is a concept that's wrong in here receiving the word of God, then they won't receive that portion of the word. So everything we hear must be received from the word of God into our heart on good soil. So let's go through this. Let's go through um, the, the four areas here. Let's read 
let's go to Matthew first and, and see what Jesus has to say about this parable of the sower when he explains it in verse 19. It says, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom, and you remember last week when we talked about the, the principles of the kingdom, remember how we talked about the, the principles, the promises, the prophecies? The principles of the kingdom, the ways of the kingdom, the way that the kingdom operates. So this is what he's saying. I'm giving you a principle right here. This is how the kingdom of God works. And this is one of them. The seed that's sown hits a man's heart. This is a principle he's giving us. So he says, uh, hear, the, hear the word of the kingdom. When a person hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in, in his heart. This is he who received seed by the wayside. Now let's flip over to Luke, and let's look at the same, the same uh, thing here with the wayside. Verse 12, 8, 12. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. Now, this word saved, sozo, means the whole package of salvation, not just uh, salvation, eternal life. It means healing, prosperity, deliverance, wholeness, restoration, everything that salvation has to offer. So he, they're hearing the word of God. They're hearing the, the salvation message, the, the sozo of, of salvation, the saving message for our whole life that affects our whole life. And, and right here he's saying if it falls by the wayside, the devil snatches it away and the word that was sown on their hearts gets snatched away. It gets, it gets snatched up. Now, it's interesting because in, in, um, it says that in one version that it was trampled. In uh, Luke, in verse 5, it says, when it was, went out to sow, some fell by the wayside, it was trampled down, and the birds of the air devoured it. Two different things. It was trampled, and the birds of the air devoured. What is this? What's going on here? The wayside. The wayside is like the, the pathway that people travel on. This is where, uh, you know, if a pathway is beaten down and it's, it's hard, that's where most people are traveling, right? It's the, the masses that, that are traveling, trampling down that road, trampling down that pathway so that it's an easy road to travel because so many people go on that path. So many people go down that road and it tramples, it, it pushes everything down, it becomes hard because of that. But it says that the birds come and eat the seed there. Why? Because the seed's not penetrating. It's not getting under the soil. It's falling on a hard, a hard surface, a trampled surface. Now, you've got two things going on here. You have people that are trampling it as they're walking along this way, and then you've got birds that are coming in and stealing or snatching the seed up. Both of these conditions are people. So whenever, whenever you hear the word of God, and it says they don't understand it. They don't understand. They heard the word of God, but they didn't understand it. And then immediately, someone comes and steals the word. Steals the word that was planted in their heart. How does that happen? Well, you can hear the word of God, and if you don't understand it, it's very easy for someone to snatch it up. Well, that's not true. You know, 
your pastor's just, you know, a prosperity preacher. Your pastor's just this. Da, 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 da. You shouldn't tithe. You shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. What makes the difference if you go to church? You know, you're the church. You're the, there's no reason for you to commit to a, to a church. There's no reason for you to connect. You can just be the church yourself. Like all kinds of concepts that are contradictory to the word of God. But if you don't understand, if a person doesn't understand, it's very easy for someone to slip in and snatch that word up. And it's typically the whole way that the world goes. Because it's the path that's trodden down. It's the path that everybody is flowing down. It's easy for the, the birds to come and snatch it up or for people to trample that word down and degrade that word that was sown in a person's heart. Does that make sense? That's the wayside. When, when you hear something and don't understand it, and it's easy for someone to come in and snatch that word because the understanding isn't there. So we have to realize that there can be times if we're hearing the word of God. You know, I think Pastor Brad was talking last week about when he was first um, understanding the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And he would, in church, hear people speaking in tongues, but they were speaking whether it was during worship time, they're praying in the Holy Spirit themselves, not, not like majorly loud, not out of order, but he had already heard like, well, that's out of order. So there's a seed that gets planted and he's going, okay, what's, what's going on here? There's people praying in tongues in the Holy Spirit, but then, uh, you know, is, is it out of order? So he's got this thing going on here, but he didn't understand which one was which because he didn't have a lot of the word sowing in him to get uh, the understanding yet. So he's trying to figure this out, and so he began to explore and figure it out. He began to find in the word of God and dig into the word of God to understand it. But there has to be that, that desire that I'm going to find truth. I'm going to find the truth. I'm not just going to take everything that's handed to me. Or I'm not going to just allow someone to trample what has been sown because I didn't understand it. I'm going to search out the scripture and search out the word of God. So this is a lack, uh, this wayside, it, it's trampled, it's devoured. There is no plant to show for here. There's no plant. Nothing, nothing sprouts up. Nothing grows at all. It's just snatched completely comes in steals it there's nothing there it gets devoured so in this one it's it's people is the element to watch people are the element to watch here because it's the people that do the snatching and the trampling it's people in your life that we have to to make sure am i surrounding myself with people of faith am i surrounding myself with people of like faith that are preaching the word of God in its truth, not their opinion, not what grandpa said, not what their friends think, not, not the, the world's concepts. Look at the fruit in their own life. That will give you a big clue. If, if they're uh, broken, messed up, they're not standing on anything that the word of God stands for, they're not connected to a house of God, they don't have the fruit in their life, they're, they're, you know, the fruit in their life shows that they're not operating according to the kingdom, so it's probably a good idea not to allow them to snatch the word that got planted in your heart. All right, let's go to the next one, the rocky, the rocky place, the rocky soil. Let's look at Matthew 20. 
It says, but he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. In Matthew 8, I think it pretty much says the same thing. In verse 6, some fell on the rock, and as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. It lacked moisture. So it's, it's a rocky place, and it doesn't take, uh, you know, a majorly intelligent person to tell you that if you're going to plant something and if you've got seed to plant, it's not a great idea to go plant it in a gravel driveway, right? It's not going to uh, bear much root. You're not going to get it very rooted, and it will. its lifespan will be very short-lived. It's not like if you, you might get a little bit of something that comes up, but if you plant pepper plants or pepper seeds out in your driveway, in your gravel driveway, and even if you don't drive on it, but there's, it's just rocky, it might spring up so much, but you're not going to see maturity of fruit from that at all. It'll die quickly. Why? Because it can't get rooted. There's not enough soil. What happens? It hits rock. It can't get any further. It can't get its roots spread down. And so it's just, it's hitting a hard place. Well, what is that? What does that represent in our hearts or in the kingdom of God? Well, it talks about the sun. It talks about how the, when the sun comes up, first of all, they receive it with joy. They hear the word and they're like, yes. Hallelujah. And, you know, sometimes you can be in, in meetings and, and, you know, sometimes there, there's people that they hear the word and they might be the loudest. They might be, yes, hallelujah, running around the room. But what happens three months later with that word? Even though they were the most excited, it may not last. They received it with joy, but what did they do with the word? Did they protect it? Did they pull, make sure they pulled all of the rocks out? Because it says, because of tribulation and persecution or trials that come. These are, are testings, trials, things that happen in life. These are situations. So we have to watch out for the, for the situations. Like the first one, we had to watch the people that are speaking into our life. This one is we have to make sure that, that we're watching the conditions and the situations that our hearts are not getting hard. Because the, the stony places is how we receive. Are we receiving it in humbleness? Are we getting prideful? Are we saying, no, Lord, don't go there. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to forgive that person. I'm not going to, um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to give that up. I'm going to keep a hold of, uh, a hold of this, uh, you know, amount of money that you told me to sell. Greed. I'm going to, um, you know, whatever it is, whether it's anger, whether it's, uh, you know, secrets, sins, things that, that are hidden in the heart. Because rocks, a lot of times, you know, if you go out to plant a garden, you'll pick up the rocks that are on the surface, right? But it's the hidden rocks that it's like, uh, you till it up and, you know, it might be under there and, and you got to dig them out when you're... <laughs> When you're in Hana, I was like, you know what? I had a garden back home. I want a garden. I miss my garden. And so I was determined. We're going to plant a garden. And, and now it's nothing but lava rock. 
And I mean, yeah, you've got the soil there in the yard, but you get much deeper than this, and you're going to hit lava rock. And and <laughs> I had the boys. I had the. Whole, it was a family project. The only one that that was really looking forward to it was me. But I dragged the whole family into it. I'm like, come on, guys, let's get all these rocks out. You know, I had no idea what what I was diving into. And and the boys are like pulling up these huge lava rocks. Everybody's hands are getting cut up because it's very, you know, it's sharp. It's jagged, it hurts, and so I'm I'm getting this area ready to sow seed in. And man, we had enough rock pulled out of just that small area to build a rock wall. It was crazy, and <laughs> the kids were like, "Oh my lands, mom!" Actually, a lot of it was was Pastor Brad. He was like, "Are you nuts? We are like breaking our backs here for two weeks just trying to get rocks out. Seriously, it was bad." And so. Anyway, the rocky places are the, the places underneath many times, underneath the soil. The soil might look good on the top, but then underneath is that rock. It hits that rock, that hard place. And when the seed is sown, many times it's received with joy. Yes, praise the Lord. But then as soon as it hits a, 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 a testing, a tribulation, a trial, then it's like now's the testing of the word. Are you going to allow the word to grow deeper? Will you pry that rock out of there? We had to dig around the rock and put something under. I mean, it wasn't just an easy thing. It wasn't tilling up, you know, small rocks. These things were huge. And you had to dig around the rock, get something underneath, and you're pushing and prying. And sometimes that wasn't enough. You got to dig around it more. Try to get underneath it to push that thing up. And then it takes strength to pull that thing out of the ground and set it off to the side and cast it out of the garden. And the, we, we worked hard, and sometimes it is work to pull those things out of our life that are hard. The, the issues of, of anger, the issues of unforgiveness, the issues of, of pride in our life, the issues of being hard-hearted or being uh, resistant to the word of God because it's going to affect something in our life. We have to give something up. We have to sacrifice that thing we're holding on to and give it to God so he, that seed can get planted. It's really an amazing work if we allow it to happen, but man, does it take humbleness. It takes a submission and a yielding and a trusting in the Lord that his way is better than your way, that his way is better than you holding on to the junk, because really that's what it is. But these things in our life that we try to keep a hold of, many times they're protective uh, mechanisms that we've put in place, ways that we, we try to protect ourselves. We try to protect our own heart by, by not uh, getting too close to that person. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep my heart you know, back here. I'm not going to let them hurt me again. I'm not going to let them uh, touch that part of my life again. I'm going to let them know that there's a wall there, whatever it may be, or anger. I'm going to push their buttons. I'm, I'm not going to submit here. I'm not going to love. I'm not going to have joy. I'm not going to whatever it may be. It does take work, and sometimes it feels like a spiritual operation. It really does. But, man, whenever you get that thing out, and then there's that hole there for that seed to go in, it's like the harvest can come easily then. 
It's like you're, you're letting go of that, and now you're filling it with the blessing of God and the seed of God. So it's the condition of the heart. We have to be moldable and humble with this, this part here. Moldable and humble. And sometimes it's not always with people. Sometimes it's things we're trying to hold on to. Like I said, greed. Or, you know, what, you know whatever it may be. Lies. Uh, um, certain perceptions that we're trying to keep. Instead of allowing someone to see into our life. Oh, I want, I want them to think this about me. So I, I put up this screen here instead of letting them really see the true me and what I need to work on. And so we put up this mask, but that doesn't help us. It doesn't get us anywhere because now we're, we're putting on a face where the other person can't help us because we're refusing it. The very people in our life that can help, we're, we're putting the screen up so they can't see. We're not allowing transparency when that's the very thing that needs to happen. But that's an issue of pride because I'm trying to portray something that's not really true. So we've got to get the rocks out of our life. Another rock can be unbelief. That's a rock. You hear the word of God? And it hits this rock of unbelief. It keeps trying to get down. It keeps trying to get rooted. But it's hitting unbelief, unbelief, unbelief. No, I don't believe that. I'm just having a hard time believing it. Well, then we got we to gotta get in there and, and read the word. And, and Father, help my unbelief. Help me, Lord, to see this in the right way. Give me the grace to understand this word. And just like I said last week, our job is to believe. It's not to figure out the how. It's just to believe. So the condition of our heart. Oh, another one I wrote down, complacency. Complacency can be a rock. Where we're just, oh, this is good enough. You know, this is good enough. I'm, I'm, I'm just happy here, and I'm not really going to push forward anymore. You know, I'm just content. And we can hit that moment where even... Even being a Christian for a long time, you can come to a place where, okay, God's blessed me. Things are, things are good, going good. And I just kind of, like Pastor Rod said, just kind of cruise. Just kind of stay in this place because it's not bad here. Comfortable. But we don't continue to excel and hit a place of complacency when the word hits, and here's the danger, the word hits us and we think, oh, yeah, I already got that figured out. See, I've already, I've already had a few victories there. I've already had a, you know, I had that, that victory back in 87. I already had that victory in 91. I already had that one time that this happened. Well, what about the other victories? What about what else God wants to give to you? What about the other things that he wants to, to push you in, to challenge you in, to strengthen you in? So we have to be careful that we don't become complacent that this is just good enough. Any rock of complacency, dig it out. Strife, gossip. These are all rocks. These are all stones, rocky places we got to deal with and make sure they get out of our life because it determines the condition of our heart. And when the seed is sowing, it won't go past that rock if it's affecting that area. So we got to pry it out, pry it out. Let's go to the next one. Uh, Matthew uh, Sorry, 1322. Now he who received seed among the thorns 
is he who hears the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. Flip over to Luke, verse 7. And some, oh, sorry, I read the wrong one earlier. 14, 14. 8, 14. Luke 8, 14. Now the ones that fell among the thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life and bring no fruit to maturity. Now here's the, here's the tricky one. Even the last one can be a little tricky because, because you have a plant that starts springing up, you think it's okay. You see what I'm saying? But the basis is the fruit, the carry through, the harvest, the completion. So in this situation, you've got a plant that's getting rooted and growing, but it's growing up with thorns. So it can be a little deceiving because the plant is there, but there's no fruit. No fruit comes to maturity. So the plant is growing, but there's no fruit. There's no harvest. There's no completion to the harvest. And these thorns, what are they? They're thorns that are choking the word that you're hearing. Well, what does that mean? Well, it talks about the cares, the deceitfulness of riches, and the pleasures of life. The cares, what are cares? Things that cause us to be concerned or to worry. The things of life that will cause us to make decisions that will compromise the word of God. So we have to be careful because we can compromise, dilute, water down the word. Well, God understands. Well, you know, my situation's a little different. Well, I don't think God really meant it that way. And when I hear the word of God, well, God, God understands that I have to deal with this over here. And we'll compromise what the word says because of the cares of this world or the deceitfulness of riches. What does that mean? Does that mean riches are bad? No. It's the love of money, right, that is the root of, root of all evil. Not money. The love of money. It's when it begins to dictate your life and your choices. That's when it's a problem. When we begin to put money and the decisions around money first instead of what God, tell us to do, God tells us to do. So it's the deceitfulness of riches. The, when we begin to make decisions and choices, and again, compromise. This is all about compromise. We compromise the word of God based upon our situation, based upon what's going on that causes us to dilute the word of God and say, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and do this only for a little while, only for a little bit. You know, when I get to this level, then I'll, then I'll do what God wanted me to do. When I get, to get this much money, then I'll do what God wanted me to do. I'll start tithing when I make $10,000 more on the year. Compromising what the word of God says. And then the last one, the pleasures of life. The pleasures of life. How many people uh, forego the things of God because they're too busy living their life? Going to live my best life. Going to live my best life. We only live one life, so I'll, I'll give my life to God later when I'm, when I'm 60. That's no life to live. 
That's, that's a lot of bad seeds sowing for 60 years. That, man, you're, you're going to reap a lot of bad harvest in those 60 years that's going to be very difficult to enjoy the last 20 or so because there's a lot of bad seed that was sowing. The, the pleasures of life, it's not that God, in fact, he has pleasures evermore, but it's the, the sin the pleasures of sin is what they're, what they're talking about. When, we're, when we even, let me put it this way, because there are some things that are not sinful, but we can put it first before God. We can say, well, it's like the example that I, I shared before Teddy Shuttlesworth shared it. He said, why would God give you that boat that you always wanted if you're then going to go out boating every Sunday and the, and the house of God no longer is a priority to you? You see, it's, it's a, all about priorities. So this third one has to do with keeping our priorities in check. That I'm not going to compromise the word of God because of, of these things here. I'm not going to uh, put other things first and say, well, later on. These are the thorns that also grow up. Everything that you hear, everything that you do, every standard that you see operating around you in the world is a seed that gets planted. So we got to uproot it. we got to be very... Um, we've got to be very aggressive in uprooting any seed that's not the word of God, that's not his principles, his kingdom, and recognizing that's not a kingdom way. We've got to uproot that. That's not a kingdom way. I know that's the way the world works, but that's not a kingdom way. So I've got to uproot that. This is the kingdom way. I'm going to plant that. Plant the kingdom. Plant the kingdom. So this one has to do with our priorities. It has to do with our affections, the things that we put our, that we set our affections on, the thorns. It chokes it out. And, and understand, it doesn't happen. You can see, like, the plant started growing. It wasn't that the plant wasn't growing. It was growing. It's just that there was no fruit, it, and it got choked out. So it didn't happen, you know, immediately. It was over time. So we got to make sure that we're not losing our first love, which is Christ. All right, let's go to the last one, the one that, that we are going to be. 23, verse 23 in Matthew. But he who received the seed on good ground is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundredfold, some 60, and some 30. In Luke, verse 15. But the ones that fell on the good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. With patience. So what do we, what do we have here? We have a, a, the good heart, the, the, the good soil that the seed gets sown on. This is the only one that bears fruit. The only one out of all four of those conditions. The, so, the word, that's why you can have uh, a congregation full of people and the word's getting sown, but not everybody's bearing fruit. Not everybody's getting a harvest. Why? Because there's different heart conditions. 
There's different things that are going on in the heart. Every time the word of God is being sown, people have different things going on in their heart. And this is why this word is is so instrumental, so uh, important to understand because this is a gauge every time we hear the word of God. Am I receiving it with a good heart? Am I receiving it without rocks, without thorns, and and, uh, not on the wayside getting snatched up by the enemy? The good heart, first of all, it says it's dependent, in, in order for you to have a harvest, first of all, it's dependent upon understanding. This is huge. Because if we don't understand something, we'll never walk in it. If we don't understand, I'm not saying that, that if God tells you something and you're obedient, even though you don't understand everything that that that's not going to work. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if you don't understand the principle of the word, when you hear the word and you don't understand it, it won't take root. So we, we have to understand what it is that, that sometimes it takes digging in the word a little bit more. How do we understand something? What's going to help us to understand? Sometimes we need to listen to the same word over and over and over. There are times when I'm like, man, I haven't heard a lot of teaching on that concept. I need to listen to that again and again and again. And I'll listen to the same sermon like five, six times just to get it in my spirit because it, it maybe is something that they put a different perspective on it. Like I never heard it that way before. It's a new uh, level of understanding. And so I'll listen to it over and over and over and get it in my spirit. Meditation is another way. You know, just sit back and sometimes people walk into my office and I'm just sitting there in the chair and I got my feet propped up on the desk and I'm just sitting there. It, that, it, it looks like I'm not working, but really I am. <laughs> because it's all up here. It's meditation and it's thinking and it's letting something get rooted in my heart, in my spirit. And that's all I'm doing is just I'm, I'm thinking, I'm processing it. I'm trying to let it grow deep. So we meditate on the word. We search out scriptures. What other scriptures does the word of God have around this? I'm going to search out understanding. In fact, I was talking to a lady last week. She was asking about fasting, and I was explaining some things, and I told her. I said, the first time I fasted, I got very frustrated because I went into it. I didn't understand it. You know, we we were doing a corporate fast. This was years and years ago, and there wasn't really any teaching around it. It was just... Here, we're going to fast, and, and I didn't understand what I was doing. And honestly, it was, I'm, I'm taking this food out, but I'm exhausted. I'm trying to school the kids. I'm, I'm tired. I'm getting, uh, you know, snippety. I'm, I'm not enjoying this at all, but I'm not really understanding the level of prayer and, and reading the word and meditation in my life. So I'm trying to do this fast, and I'm not seeing any results, and I'm just like, frustrated and and losing strength through the whole thing and just like this is miserable I don't like this at all so we finished the fast I'm like I don't get this but it drove me to the word I looked up every scripture on fasting and I wrote every every scripture down that was my beginning journey on understanding fasting it wasn't it wasn't, in, in, that, in that time, there wasn't YouTube. There wasn't, you know, uh, an easy way to the website where I could, like, listen to other people's teachings. I had to search it out. 
I had to like apply myself to it. I had to dig through the scripture and find out what what is fasting? Why did people fast? What's the purpose behind it? How do you do it? What's going on here? And I tell you, I learned some things that were actually contradictory to things that I understood from other people that had just told me this is how you do it. Why? Because I searched it out in scripture and found truth instead of just uh, repetitive things that got thrown out. So I began to have an understanding. I gained understanding around the concept of fasting. Did it happen overnight? No. I'm still learning about it. But every year, I'm learning more. And I'm, I'm putting another layer and another level on it. So meditation Digging through scripture, understanding the word, listening to teaching. If, if you're praying over something and you need a breakthrough in a certain area, focus on that area. Don't just say, well, you know, I'm just going to listen to whatever sermon and get the word in me. Like if you need a specific breakthrough, then listen to sermons on that topic. Grow your knowledge and understanding on that topic. Read books on that topic. That will help you in that area. Just like I did with fasting. I didn't just say, well, you know, whatever sermon the pastor happens to preach this week, that'll just be my, my, my word for the week. No, I had to do more. I had to say, you know what? I'm going to specialize right here for a while. I'm going to focus in on this topic, and I'm going to learn this topic because I want to grow in this. I want to understand it. I want to get what's going on and what the word of God has to say about it. Preaching, teaching, asking questions. Ask questions. Ask questions to, to spiritual leaders. Because, man, that will, impartation through mentorship is huge. It will help you bypass a lot of issues and a lot of bad experiences. It really will. Ask questions. That helps jump and leap you forward like tremendously where you could spend years just trying to figure something out, but they've already got the understanding around it. Ask questions. That is a, a great way to uh, get understanding around something. What else does it say? That they had a noble and a good heart. They had a noble and a good heart. So they're keeping their heart pure. They're making sure the stones aren't there. They're uprooting the thorns, uprooting the seeds that are, that are sowing, that go uh, in contradiction with the word of God. So it's a constant, if you've raised the garden, you know, it's a constant thing. Like you're, you're getting in there all the time and pulling the weeds around the plants. You're making sure because there's always something bad that's getting sown. There's always weeds and thorns that are getting sown. You got to uproot them. It's not a, otherwise your plant is going to suffer and your, your harvest will suffer as a result. So you got to get in there and uproot, uproot, uproot. Anything that was sown that's not from the word of God, you uproot. And then it says also that they kept the word. They kept the word in uh, Luke those who heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. They keep it. What are they doing? They're protecting it. They're guarding it. They're not allowing, because remember the first guy? It got snatched up. It got trampled. So you got to protect that word. 
You got to keep that word safe. That means you've got to meditate on that word and allow it to grow. You got to water it. You got to nurture it. A seed, you can't just expect a seed to grow on its own without watering it. So you got you to continue to add to it. That's like what I was saying earlier, digging in the scriptures, adding to it, meditating. All of those things will help with the nurturing and the keeping of that word. And then what was the last part of it? With patience. With patience. That's where the, the one guy messed up. When tribulation came, when trials came, he received it with joy. Yes, amen. I agree with it. But when the trial came, he didn't agree with it enough to stick. With patience. There are things that, that you will see in life, that you'll deal with in life, and you've got to have patience to see the word operate in your life. You don't give up. You continue to stand. When you've done everything, you stand. And you see it through with patience. So you don't give up just because, well, you know, I, I said the scripture last night, and today it didn't come to pass. That's not patient. If you sow a seed, are you expecting like a full-blown harvest of tomatoes the next day? Well, I planted that seed last night. Sometimes there can be a quick harvest. I saw one last week. There was, there was something that, that I began to declare scripture around, and it was within hours, and boom, a miracle happened. But sometimes that seed has to be watered. And sometimes you got to stand and you got to declare it. And sometimes you got to go back to the, do I believe it? Because that's what, that's what this is all about. Because remember the first scripture that we read, they got to believe it in their heart and then they've got to say it. Because what you believe, if you find yourself uh, hearing the word of God and you're going, okay, yeah, 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 that's, that's good, I got it, okay. And then you go out and you're declaring the very opposite that you just heard, then you don't yet believe it. Because what you believe in your heart will come out of your mouth. What you believe in your heart will come out in your actions. So if you're seeing the, the wrong kind of fruit coming out, then you got you to gotta go back. You got to go back and say, okay, I'm, I, I need more. I need more of this word. I need more of understanding. I need more meditation. I need more uh, putting it in me, pouring it in me. And even if you have a victory, you got to remember that two years later, if you don't water that thing continuously, then, then it could weaken. So you got to make sure that you're nurturing that all the time. There are certain books that I read on, on finances. There are certain books that I'll read on marriage, certain books that I'll read on, on church growth, on, on the, the things of the spirit, on a regular, like a yearly basis. I will go back to certain topics. Why? Because I want to keep it fresh in my, in my spirit and in my life. I don't want to, to put it by the wayside and then find out later, why am I weak in this area? Because that can happen. You can be like, man, what, what's going on? I was, I was strong here. I saw these things happen. Now I'm feeling weak in this area. Like I'm feeling like I don't have the faith for this. That's because the plant got weakened and it's got to be strengthened again. You got you to gotta meditate, get back to those, those uh, teachings around it again and get that strong in your life again. So the good heart the good heart. We are a church of, of having a good heart. Ephesians 6, 9 says, let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we will reap a harvest. If we do not lose heart, the patience, the patience, 
we will, and even that scripture right there, thank you, Lord, that I will reap a harvest because I'm not going to lose heart. I believe in your word. I believe in what your word says about this situation in my life. I am not going to shrink back. I am going to be a person of faith in this area, and I'm going to see it come to pass. So your heart condition is huge in determining the harvest in your life concerning the word of God. We've got to make sure that we're, we're checking our heart through our whole life. It, we don't ever stop. We don't ever stop because there's always trials and situations that can come up that will test us even at various levels, no matter how, how high you go. We can't ever say, well, I, I've done that, been there. I'm, I'm good. I'm good and strong there. No, it's a continual thing till we go home to be with the Lord. So it's a constant, a constant. Does anybody have questions around it? Do you have a question? And that's, that's a good choice. Just because, just because we're Christians doesn't mean that we, we stay around the same friendships and just let people abuse. Mm -hmm. you, you limit your time. You limit your time. You determine how long. You, you don't just go to every function. You don't just go to every, every um, thing that, that's going on or constantly answer the phone every time it rings if you know that it's, it's draining your life. So you've got to put up boundaries. It, again, the garden concept. We put fences around our garden for what reason? Exactly. So the things that you're planting in your heart, the word of God, the seed of God, you've got to protect that from the wrong concepts, the wrong thoughts. You can't expect everybody uh, in, the, in the world, family, friends, to understand what you're planting. They're not going to understand that. You go out into the world and you say, oh, I'm, I'm doing this now. Or I'm, you know, and they hear the words coming out. No, I'm going to be victorious. I'm going to have a, I'm going to own my own home. I'm going to do this. And they're going to be like, girl, you're crazy. Nobody in your family has ever done that. What are you thinking? And, and they're not going to protect the seed and they're not going to nurture that seed. But you're going to a higher level and you're operating in the ways in, of the kingdom of God, not in the ways in the kingdom of this world. So you've got to protect that seed that you're sowing so you determine how much time you spend if it starts getting toxic you gotta you gotta maybe put some more boundaries up so you don't have to do everything everybody expects or obligates you have no obligation to hang out with with uh, wrong thinking so it's like this is what I always told my kids growing up this will help this will help you, a lot of people not everybody is a friendship. Sometimes there are certain people that are ministry. 
So you, you got to look at some people and say, okay, that's not, a, that's not a, a friend, that's a ministry. It's not that you tell them that, but there's a separation that has to happen in your understanding and your spirit. Like my time spent with them is purposed and then I'm done. Not because I don't love them, but I understand that what they're sowing or, or planting in my life can damage the crop that I'm, uh, that I'm sowing. And if there's issues where you know someone has hurt you time and time again because they're making decisions like that that are wrong or that they're lying, you don't have to set yourself up for that. Just because it's family doesn't mean that you have to get, get trampled on every time. You guard your relationship and guard yourself from that. You, there's a lot of people in this world that will encourage you. So you don't have to settle for, for somebody that's going to trample on the things of God in your life and trample your destiny and your future. You've got to, nobody else is going to guard it. You've got to guard it. You can't expect anybody else to guard your future and your destiny. You've got to do everything you can to guard that. Does that make sense? Okay. Do you have a question? People, people respond out of and react a lot of times out of the own hurt that they're dealing with. Right, right. So, yeah, you, you have to determine, like, what am I dealing with? Am I dealing with someone that is uh, hurting me, lying to me, abusing me, taking advantage of my friendship, my relationship? Or am I dealing with somebody that really, truly, they just reacted? And, and I'm not saying to, like, hang out with that and be friends because if you're going to another level spiritually in your life with God, you need friends that are, that are operating in the things of God as well. But you can talk to a person and, and confront the issue, you know, and say, hey, you know what? When, when you said this, it really bothered me. And I just want to make sure that everything is is clear between us, that there's, you know, I'm not holding a grudge towards you. I don't know, you know, if you meant what you said or maybe it just came out wrong or whatever. You know, be honest with someone. Try to, as much as possible to on your part to clear it up, but it doesn't mean that you always have to go back to the relationship the way it was. You can put space between a relationship that, that uh, maybe is, is negative in your life or isn't encouraging, isn't uplifting you to where you need to be. Like, guard that. We had to, we had to do that early on uh, in our, when we first got married. There were friends that we had to cut out of our lives and give space to because they were not going, they had 
no intention whatsoever. Their goals were not the same. They were not going the same place we were going. So we had to, to put space there. It wasn't that we call him up and say, hey, I'm just letting you know I'm putting space between me and you. No, you don't, you don't have to do that. You just, you know, you just go do your thing. You, you put yourself around godly people. You, they'll figure it out, you know. It doesn't mean that you have to make it a point. But if they're saying, oh, we're getting together this weekend and we're doing this and we're doing that, and you know it's nothing but, but trouble, then don't go. Don't put yourself around that. Don't put yourself in a place where it's nothing but bad seed and, and just uh, hurt in your life or potential issues and problems. Don't hang around the enemy's camp. You can't hang around the enemy's camp and not think that you're not going to get burnt or, or hurt. It's, it's just common sense. So put yourself around godly people that are going to encourage and uplift you in the things of God, that are going to push you in the things of God. Because those are the people that will bring encouragement into your life. They're not going to sap your strength. They're going to replenish strength in your, in your life. 